Welcome back, everybody. Um, tonight, I wanted to uh, focus a little bit. I've been um, paying attention to what's been happening in our world and looking at it through the eyes of our practice. And um, one of the things that uh, the uh, when we invoke say the Bodhisattva Kasidigarbha. Kasidigarbha um, uh, is the one that goes into the hell realms to alleviate suffering. And um, part of the invocation is it says, we will do our best not to contribute to creating more hells on earth and to help transform the hells that already exist. And to me, um, I think we're living in fairly dark times and uh, it's so it gets clearer and clearer to see what we can do to what we do do to um, either uh, make things more hellish or uh, create heavens on earth. So I just wanted to focus a little bit on what Tai has taught us uh, about how we can um, make those choices. During our meditation, I said that um, one of the really important things in our practice is to try to retrain our minds so we can choose. That when we notice our minds going someplace and we can be mindful enough to notice and then bring it back to the breath, every time we do that, we're strengthening our ability to choose. And that is really, really helpful in the times in which we're living. I wanted to start off tonight with a practice song that this is one that Ty has given us. And I'm sorry to say, I don't know, it just says Plum Village uh, practice song. And uh, a lot of times when the monastics offer the singing, they don't attribute it to a name. So I can't tell you who it is that's singing, but uh, it's exactly about what we're gonna be looking at tonight. The realm of our mind is mine, I can choose, I can choose where I want to be. Both heaven and hell, I know equally well, the choice is up to me. The realm of the mind is mine, I can choose, I can choose where I want to be. Thank you. 
And so, dear friends, that is the choice that we have. And uh, the more that we can uh, cultivate uh, our minds and retrain our minds, the uh, better able we are to choose wisely about what we allow in those gates. We've talked before about uh, the six gates of consciousness that we have and um, uh, which windows do we leave open, what do we allow in uh, through our, all of our senses and our minds, uh, what are we doing with our minds about what we allow in. Uh, I know right now I've spoken to a lot of people who are having difficulty with news that um, they find that uh, mm, they outstrip their capacity. Uh, so how can we be, maintain our awareness and be uh, knowledgeable about what goes on? And it's really critically important, I think, right now that we do uh, pay attention. Um, and how do we develop the discernment so we can uh, be well aware of not outstripping our capacity, be um, able to choose uh, uh, how do we get the news, uh, in what, uh, what are the uh, sources that we use, um, and uh, how can we balance it so that we can spend enough time watering some seeds of joy and expand our capacity to be with the things that we need to be with. Um, creating hell realms, like the, the song says, the realm of the mind uh, is where most of the suffering happens, that uh, we can take just a little kernel of something and run with it um, and make it into uh, a horror story or scare ourselves. and. Um, we need to be really careful about that. Um, the other ways that we have of creating hell realms is when we uh, don't develop our mindfulness and concentration and we're completely unaware of what we are taking into every situation that we enter in all of our relationships. Um, we've all been powerfully conditioned. We all have developed habit energy. Uh, the way we've been conditioned colors our perception of everything. And if we develop the mindfulness and concentration, we're able to see patterns emerge. When we stop in our meditation and I say, please be aware of where your mind is, you have this nagging little voice that comes, comes up and says, please be aware of where your mind is. It's uh, hopefully when you do that yourself over time, you notice there are definite patterns that we all have developed habits of mind uh, uh, places that we generally tend to travel, uh, that we keep our minds in certain places. Um, so I think that um, to become more and more aware of the terrain, to become more and more aware of what our conditioning's been, what the habits have been, and to use all the practices we have to transform and heal. The past uh, is available to us, Ty always says. Um, the past is available in every cell of our body. It's there to be healed. And um, uh, when we can no longer be caught, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they, were, they had just had um, an encounter with uh, one of their children. 
and one of their adult children. And um, the, the person was being uh, critical and judging. And uh, my friend got very upset by how critical and judging this other person was being. Well, our first order of business is to look at ourselves and say, hmm, uh, why, am I, why is that upsetting me so much? Uh, what unwholesome mental formation in my store consciousness just got triggered because that person didn't create the, uh, the hurt. Um, they just acted as the catalyst to bring that mental formation up to our mind consciousness. So our job is to pay attention when those things get triggered to uh, stop and to embrace whatever the feeling is, to look deeply to understand what is this really about. The more often we can do that and the better, the more familiar we become uh, and the more we can go back and do the healing practices for the past. Uh, coming back to our childhood, this person had been criticized and judged a lot, obviously. And to go back to that child in ourselves and say, you know, I'm so sorry that, um, you know, as a child you really uh, aren't able to be aware of the fact that um, this person is suffering. The person that's judging and criticizing you is suffering a lot. You're too young to be able to, to know that. And you're taking it all on. You're taking it all personally, thinking it's all about you. And it's really about this other person's suffering. So we need to reassure ourselves. We need to uh, uh, give ourselves the love and compassion that we didn't perhaps get when we needed it. And reassure ourselves that um, we're going to be there. We're going to be supporting that child in us no matter what. And what happens, what I, it's been my own experience, is over time uh, that child calms down. And so when somebody says or does something, uh, somebody's being critical or judging or whatever, um, it's much easier to see it for what it is and see their suffering and say, um, nothing I'd have to get upset about. I don't need to get all wound up about this. Um, I need to, to breathe and then I need to be able to send them a lot of metta because they clearly are suffering quite a lot. Uh, much easier on us and we uh, can be a lot freer and a lot happier. Um, when we look at, uh, sometimes we feel like, well, because of what's going on in the world, how could we possibly be happy? How could we possibly uh, create heavens on earth? Um, and in fact, again, we have a choice. I sent out, along with the email that I, I sent you, um, I sent out a uh, link to one of Ty's Dharma talks, and I hope that you'll all take some time to listen to it, because it's one of the more comprehensive ones I've heard, and uh, it's one of the few times I've heard him talk about uh, himself very much. Mostly in his talks, he, he wouldn't talk about himself too much at all. And in this one, he talks about his own suffering. He talks about um, uh, being discriminated against. He talks about um, uh, going through the war. He talks about his best friend self-emulating. He talks about one of the most senior members of our order self-emulating. He talks about um, uh, coming to the U.S. to try to work for peace, uh, planning to be here for three months, only to find out that 
while he was gone, they exiled him, and he wasn't able to go home for 39 years. And um, when then he says, the thing that I thought was so beautiful is he says, um, and I was able to transform my suffering to become a free person. And he said, because I've been able to do that, I've been, he said, I can look at the, the people who are uh, being violent out of their own ignorance and have uh, a lot of compassion. And because I know I've been able to free myself, I'm hoping that perhaps I'll be able to free them too. So, uh, instead of holding on to rancor and resentment and anger, it's how can I help? That really is where we wind up. Um, so if you get a chance to listen to the talk, like I said, I think it's a, a very comprehensive one. Um, it also helps to understand the enormity of the suffering that he experienced and that he was able to come through it with nothing but uh, love and compassion and peace. Um, it was through the practice. To me, I find that very inspirational, that uh, uh, he's a human being and he was able to do it, and he's showing us the way. He's uh, given us everything we need, all of the practices that we need. He has held nothing back, so that um, if we follow directions, uh, we're able to become freer and freer and uh, happier. Um, He's given us the five mindfulness trainings that most of you are familiar with. Uh, for Lauren, perhaps, um, uh, every, every school of Buddhism has five precepts. And in our tradition, Tai has given us what he has labeled the five mindfulness trainings. They're all really uh, directions for practice. And uh, they're the, basically the five precepts that have been elaborated on. All we need to do if we want to uh, if we're going through a difficult time, if we're a little confused about why we're um, feeling really caught and unhappy and uh, um, falling into despair, we need to review those five trainings uh, because they're very explicit, really. Uh, the first, you know, is uh, being aware of the suffering caused by destruction of life. Uh, I'm uh, committed to cultivating the insight of interbeing and compassion and learning ways to protect the lives of people, animals, plants, and minerals. So if we're uh, wreaking havoc on the planet, if we are wreaking havoc with other people, we need to stop and look and see what exactly is it I'm doing. And it goes on to be um, much more specific. Seeing that harmful actions arise from anger, fear, greed, and um, intolerance, which in turn come from dualistic and discriminative thinking, I will cultivate openness, non-discrimination, non-attachment to views in order to transform violence, fanaticism, and dogmatism in myself and in the world. So uh, this all by itself would be a lifetime's worth of practice, but it can definitely help us from creating hell realms for ourselves. Um, uh, harmful actions arise from anger, fear, greed, intolerance, and um, that we need to uh, 
and they all come from dualistic and discriminative thinking. So we need to be able to watch our minds. And my father, in the times that we're living in, where they're so divisive, it's very easy to be uh, to fall right into um, dualistic thinking. That uh, it's them and us. That I'm right, you're wrong. I'm good, you're bad, etc., 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 etc. And we need to be real careful because uh, it doesn't really uh, benefit anybody, least of all us. And uh, instead. As we've said, if we can practice and look deeply to understand, then we can take a stand against um, injustice that's being caused out of love for the people that are experiencing the injustice and not out of hatred for the people that are causing the injustice. Um, it doesn't mean that we condone the injustice. It means we do everything we can to stop the injustice. But we don't have to uh, pollute our own consciousness with hatred and anger ourselves, then we become exactly what we're trying to uh, avoid in the world. Um, the second mindfulness training is aware of the suffering caused by exploitation, social injustice, stealing and oppression, um, uh, committed to practice generosity in my thinking, speaking, and acting. Um, how can we be generous in our thinking by not assuming the worst, not uh, making up uh, a story in our mind about motivations in people, uh, just uh, practicing don't know mind that um, uh, I will practice looking deeply to see that happiness and suffering of others are not separate from my own happiness and suffering, that uh, True happiness is not possible without understanding and compassion, and that running after wealth, fame, power, and sensual pleasures can bring much suffering and despair. You could just take that one sentence and look at the world that we're living in and see how much suffering has been caused. These are basically outlining the poisons that the Buddha outlined for us. But um, running after wealth, fame, power, sensual pleasures can bring suffering and despair. How many times have we seen that um, uh, we can be um, conditioned to put money before people, to be able to put goals before people, um, and to be able to catch ourselves? Uh, in what ways am I not being generous? In what ways am I not being generous with my thoughts, words, and deeds? Um, every single time that we can catch ourselves, every single time that we can uh, redirect, like I said, and correct, um, we are strengthening our capacity to water the most wholesome, highest, and best seeds in our own consciousness. And then we really have something of value to offer other people. Um, one of the things that I think uh, I've seen kind of running rampant in the times that we're living in is, um, well, we've been, there's been a, a concerted effort to divide us and to have us not trust each other. And um, Thich Nhat Hanh was a good friend of Martin Luther King. 
and they both had this deep aspiration to build a beloved community. Uh, in my way of thinking, that's what Sangha building is. And um, in order to do that, we need to have a certain level of trust, that we need to be able to feel safe with each other. That, uh, and that's another reason that we have those five trainings, that when we have all agreed that, that that's the ground upon which we're coming together, and um, our aspiration is to transform and heal our own suffering so that we don't transmit it to everybody else, and to do our best, um, uh, do our best to not create suffering for ourselves or other people. When you can be with a group of people who have that as the ground upon which we stand, uh, it's much easier to feel safe. It's much easier to feel trusting. And that way we can actually develop um, uh, that kind of generosity of spirit. That um, when we set ourselves up to be in competition, in that dualistic thinking that uh, uh, that the uh, cosmos is a limited place with limited, um, uh, limited resources, and uh, it's a zero-sum game for each one of us. We create hell realms. It's perfectly, perfectly clear. And what then happens is we want to compete. We want to win. We're winning at any cost. And so we can lie and cheat. You can watch people. You can watch how people start off with their integrity intact and they were constantly making um, uh, kind of deals that, well, I could, I could go that far and I could let go of that and I could possibly let go of that until pretty soon um, we're blinded by our own greed and ambition and uh, we've completely fallen off the path. Uh, so we need to be very careful and be watching ourselves um, because what I have seen so clearly is when we aren't honest with ourselves, if I can't trust myself, chances are good I'm not going to trust anybody else. If I make, this is why Ty, when he asks for a, a birthday present, he said, make a promise that you're going to deepen your practice and make it something that you can do because he wants us to build confidence and trust in ourselves. So even if it's as simple as um, uh, when I sit up in bed in the morning, I am going to uh, uh, take three deep breaths. I am going to welcome 24 brand new hours. Um, I'm going to walk mindfully into the bathroom to brush my teeth. Even if that's it. Even if that's all you intend to do, that's your deepest aspiration. If you can do that every day, you're going to build confidence in yourself and you're going to trust yourself more. That's why he wants us to make very simple promises to ourselves, so we can keep them and then we get stronger in our own integrity. Um, but when we... Um, uh, when, when I was working in the, in the high schools, what I could see, I was doing crisis intervention counseling, so I would see kids that were in trouble. And they would be kids that would have done things that were breaking the law very often, um, that they would uh, maybe be stealing things or whatever. 
And uh, what I could see is they were the most paranoid kids in the school. They didn't trust anybody. They projected onto everyone that everybody was casing out the joint just like they were. Everybody was looking at the world the same way they were looking at the world. And they create a hell realm for themselves. We really believe when we're doing things like, you know, it's like, ah, I can get away with this. Aha, I could lie and cheat and scheme and I can get away with that. And people really believe we're getting ahead, we're, we're winning. When in fact, we're creating a hell realm for ourselves. That uh, then what happens is I have to live in fear of somebody finding out. I have to live in fear that somebody finds out I cheated. You have to live in fear that somebody finds out I lied about whatever this was. And I think it was uh, Frederick Nietzsche who said, um, how was it? Uh, mm -hmm. I won't be upset. I won't be upset because you lied to me. I'll be upset because I can never believe you again. Okay? This is the price we pay. And like I said, most times it's like er the people that are... Uh, getting into this are thinking that, okay, it's just me and I'm going to be the winner <laughs> because I'm doing these things. And in fact, what then happens is somebody else says, okay, um, they're lying, cheating, scheming, plotting. I have to lie, cheat, scheme, and plot. And it just, one thing leads to the other and uh, uh, it becomes, that becomes a hell realm. I don't know if any of you have, have noticed that too, but that to me is pure hell. I see people that are uh, supposedly really successful, uh, uh, living the high life, uh, whatever, and uh, sometimes they're the most miserable people on the planet, incredibly unhappy, uh, living in fear of losing what they have, living in fear of being uncovered, living in fear. Living in fear is no way to live. I thought it was so beautiful, and I know I, I gave a whole talk on Ruth Bader Ginsburg, so you'll have to, you'll have, to have patience with me, but um, I thought it was so beautiful to see her, uh, her little casket was lying in state at the Supreme Court on the porch, surrounded by white roses, having 150 of her clerks who adored her, being honorary pallbearers, surrounded by love. Every, everybody she touched adored her. And uh, at the same time, she was passionate about uh, alleviating suffering, about creating equality for everybody. And uh, she honed all the gifts she came in with in order to do that. So at the time of her death, her granddaughter asked her, does she have any final words? And she said, uh, it's my fervent desire that you don't fill my seat until after the inauguration. And her granddaughter said, would there be anything else you'd want to say? And she said, no, it's all part of the public record. And I thought, she's free and clear. This is so beautiful. There's nothing to hide. It's all there. I, this is how she lived her life. What a wonderful, wonderful example. This is when we have heaven on earth. And... Uh, uh, other people can, I mean, if we don't get caught when Ty says, you know, not getting caught in, in grasping after wealth and fame and everything else, um, if we don't get caught there, we can be free. Um, 
we don't have to be envious of people. We can be, uh, we know that we're the luckiest people on the planet. Uh, it's just a, a, a total gift when we don't get, Thay says, our practice is not about being comfortable. It's about transforming our unskillful states of mind so we respond to life more skillfully. And so when we can cut through all of the, all of the noise and the uh, temptations and the cul- all the cultural stuff that comes at us, um, I mean, it's like we're kids in a candy store. There's so much that uh, we, so many options that we have. When we can absolutely cut through the noise, come back to ourselves, get in touch with our true nature, get in touch with our inner wisdom, and be able to transform and heal the wounded places in ourselves so we can be 100% present for other people. This is the greatest gift there is. It's, uh, this is what Thai, our order is called the order of interbeing. That's why. It's so when we can come to that place of really understanding, I can't be envious of anybody because I am them. We inter are. I can celebrate anybody who's using their gifts. Am I jealous of Ruth Bader Ginsburg for being such, so incredible? I'm grateful, nothing but pure gratitude that she used her gifts. And there was an artist that went to, she was at dinner one night with an artist, and uh, he said something like, I, perhaps I should go to law school or something like that. And she said, absolutely not. She said, um, I simply have to interpret the, this person I think was an actor, and she said, I simply have to interpret the law. You have to interpret human emotions and uh, human motivations. So she said, it's a very, very important job that you have. So it's everybody, whatever gifts we've come in, they're all of value. We just need to be able to, uh, like I said, trust ourselves enough to uh, not get pulled off center, not get dispersed by the culture in which we live. And this is what Ty said too. He said, don't kid yourself. We are a community of resistance. We are resisting being dispersed by the culture in which we live. And when we can do that, we can be free people. So, um, hmm. anyway, I don't, I, I was just feeling the need to be reminding myself, and I hope that uh, it's been helpful to you to be reminded as well of um, the teachings that Ty's given us so we don't fall into that abyss, so we don't get spun out, and we don't get dispersed uh, by the culture in which we live. And we can stay in alignment with our own integrity and just do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, uh, following the guidelines that we've been given. I only uh, covered a couple of the mindfulness trainings, and we've got five of them. And if that's not enough to keep you on track, we have 14 for people who are order members. So uh, many, many lifetimes worth of support. And that's what they are. They're supports for us. Uh, They just are gentle reminders of how we can um, protect our own consciousness and be freer and happier people.